0: welcome back to the rhubarb and custard podcast i'm jojo smith aka rhubarb and i'm rosie wood aka custard this podcast is all about business branding confidence and wonky crowns it's a safe unapologetic space
1: for business owners and wannabe business owners if you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable you can find us on instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard
0: either way we're good for you Well, hello, rhubarb and Custarders. We're back again for another week. We were slightly delayed last week because our beautiful Rosie was a poorly princess, which I'm, I'm sure she will fill us in with. We're here today with a very special guest and if... If I felt like we were in a sh- proper studio and we weren't in separate places, how you would hear this woman walking into the studio is by the clippity clop <laughs> of her very sassy heels. So <laughs> we will we will be welcoming the well-heeled coach Deep Bajwa, today. Hi, Welcome, lady. Deep.
2: Hi, ladies. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here and to be on with you two both. You're absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's it. You can go now. You've said what we need you to say. <laughs> <today. laughs> <That's fine. laughs> Pop. Right, hey,
0: that's it. That was an easy one. See you all later. <laughs> so, as always, we'll start this week's podcast with um a catch up of the week. Can I just say, it's nine sleeps, ladies. Stop it. <laughs> what has stop your week held this week? Let's catch up, Rosie. What have you been up to apart oh, from
1: throwing it. up? Well, yeah, apart from throwing up. So, yeah, Thursday afternoon. I thought I finished work a little bit early and uh, picked up some lunch on the way home and that was it till Sunday I was out. I was out till Sunday. um so yeah so this week's been catching up on the end of last week and and what happened and also nine sleeps till Christmas.
0: Can I just say, so, you said I was out till Sunday. That sounds like you're a real hardcore party animal. <laughs> no, you weren't out. You had food poisoning. You were out on the deck, is what we're saying. Yeah,
1: yeah out, out cold <laughs> until Sunday. Which, yeah, I didn't expect it to to hit me for that long at all. I thought Thursday night I went to bed and I thought oh, I'll be all right in the morning. No, Saturday, no. Yeah, it was Sunday afternoon before I started to feel better. So um lost four days of potential Christmas shopping lost four days of life lost four days of getting the house ready for Christmas and just just lost four days of existence basically so thanks for that little nine days till Christmas reminder
0: Where it where it was for me is I heard an advert all of a sudden. I mean, I've been told I've said this every week. I'm in denial of how far we are into December (laughs) this year, and it wasn't until I heard an advert that went your last minute shopping. I was like, Oh my God, my last minute! I actually haven't even
2: started. (laughs) You thought you were organised, Jojo, and then you realise it's next weekend.
0: I know, and I was like, Right, start tapping, and I needed to actually start to get
2: in to what I really needed. Deep, where are you with this festive fun? Do you know I just I I panicked when I realized yesterday that it's next weekend and I have a bought I bought the stocking stuff for the kids and that's about it. We've done no other Christmas shopping whatsoever, but we've both been out, me and my husband both been out with colds and the kids have been sick and off school and you know, between the both of them, I've got two. And so we've just said Friday, we're gonna drop the kids off to the grandparents and just go and get all of the shopping done on Friday and then be done with it but all my food is ordered that was done as soon as I could do that so like the food is the most important thing for me so as long 100%. as I've got the food
0: yeah I'm happy
2: and that's it oh you're
0: yeah. really organized we're going out for dinner that's booked that's good so I have a dinner that's, yeah, that's I'm, better. I'm <laughs> that's much better you don't yeah. even have to
2: cook that's so much better
0: <laughs> I actually put a poll out because it, so this is the thing right I can make really big decisions in business I can help other people make really big decisions what I'm going to have off the menu for my Christmas dinner and how I'm going to have my Christmas nails painted now nah. <laughs> can't make those decisions <laughs> at all so I actually put a post out and everybody helped me choose my Christmas dinner so thanks oh, for that <laughs> what, what I saw
1: that poll Jay what did you go with in the end just out of interest
0: I'm going for the scallops, but only because good, Jay's yeah. having the asparagus. So it yeah. means I get to try both. Good choice. Um, and then exactly. I'm going
2: for controversial. I'm going for the Wellington.
0: See, Why? I really
2: want to have a Wellington. And the thing is, I'm not really meant to eat beef. I'm a very bad Indian. You're not meant to really <laughs> eat beef, but I, it looks so, good.
0: It can looks so you a, good. Can I tell you a little sassy story about Whitney Houston, me and Beef Wellington? yes please right you're not (laughs) so when I was a pastry chef and I used to work at a big five-star hotel we had Whitney Houston come and stay wow and she requested Beef Wellington no way honestly this is a true story and I worked in pastry and you don't just do desserts in pastry you do all the all the things and obviously Beef Wellington is encrusted in pastry. So I made pastry for Whitney Houston on a Beef Wellington. That's right. Oh. the bike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My claim to fame.
0: <laughs> sassy fact. Um, although it did get us front row seats to Whitney at the NEC. So. Oh, that's amazing.
2: Okay, that was worth it. That was very much worth it. It was
0: definitely worth it. So, yeah, there's a little sassy story for <laughs> you. Um, so, yeah, Beef Wellington. And then oh, I gave Jay... The, the power in his hands to choose which dessert I was going to go for. I was like, right, you choose me. I don't want to know. I want a surprise on the day. And it was Christmas pudding because I feel like I should. It's dutiful. It's once a mm. year and I do like it, but it's heavy. Um, and then the other one was the um, a chocolate of some sort, a chocolate tort of some sort. So I was like, choose me one. I'll have a surprise on the day. So either way, it's going to be his fault if I don't like <laughs> yeah.
2: it. Yeah. So, I'm not a fan of Christmas pudding, but I feel like mm. you have to have it on the table. Even if yeah. so I just set the thing on fire and no one eats it. Yeah. yeah. There has to be one. On the table, right. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. It's generally only my parents though. And even they will only have a tiny bit of it. And mm. so this year we're going for apple crumble instead. Nice. Oh, well we're, we're big fans of crumble here. So <laughs> you know what I mean? We're here for that. But
0: Christmas pudding, do you know that they might start making that a year before? Yeah. It really has to sit and ferment. Mm. Um, which kind of leads me nicely onto where we're going next with our main course. Rosie's like, where That's is it from? <laughs> Where is this link coming from? What I was going to actually say is preparation. Deep, mm. Right. You are the well-heeled coach. Mm-hmm. You are all about luxury selling and yeah. taking it to a higher level, knowing that you're worth it, knowing that it's not sleazy to sell at a higher level, Never. Having, yeah. having the confidence in that deep, Tell us who you are and tell us why you're here, yeah?
2: <laughs> So my name is Deep Bajwa. I am the Well-Heeled Coach and I teach mostly female entrepreneurs, though I'm open to teaching everyone how to scale their business into the luxury end of the market using sales so that you can have a business that you love. You can charge your worth and you can help more people. When you are charging correctly and you have the space and the time to be able to deliver what you want, you will be able to do so much more for your people. And that's so important. But I just think people get caught up in what other people are doing. And you need to know who you are and where you stand in a market so that you can charge your worth. So there's a lot that goes into selling. Because I say selling And everyone that I've ever taught, it's like, you know, this is more than selling, but I know. But for me, (laughs) this is all selling. Like how you turn up, you're selling yourself the minute someone gets into your world. It all matters right from the off. This makes me feel all warm and gooey from the feet (laughs) upwards
0: to my heart because this is where heart-led businesses and heart-led entrepreneurship really comes from. And this is where Rosie and I really start. Put our flag in the ground, or our spoon in our custard, and say that it's all about coming from the heart. It's intrinsic. So that word—I mean, you're talking to a business development person that was in sales for 20 years. Yeah. So I'm familiar with that icky stickiness of selling and how mm. it can feel. Stepping into this world, stepping into my shoes, mm. stepping into doing something that's heart-led oh my goodness, it's
2: a completely different world. It is, so, isn't it? Oh, yeah. deep. It you just feel so deep. much better when you sell in this way. You feel so much more content. You're doing more for your people. And we need to get out of the feeling that, oh, it's really wrong to sell. Or if I'm doing something that's helping people, I shouldn't really be charging that much for it. I should have it accessible to everyone. Yes, you can create those things within your business. That You've got entry points for people. I've got a membership. That's my lowest point of entry to work with me, but I give a lot to the people so that mm-hmm. they can then get to the point where they're making enough money to be able to do the other things with me. So you can create that, but you need to charge your worth along the way. Otherwise you end up resenting mm-hmm. your business. You end up yeah. resenting the work you do.
1: Yeah, you can do. I just oh go on sorry. Rose. I was just gonna say you end up having to because like ultimately we've all got bills to pay, we've all got houses to yeah. pay, houses to we don't work, people, for free, to
2: we yeah, here, we work for free, honey. We need money
1: for free. So yeah. you end up overloading yourself with work because you're not charging enough.
0: Exactly. And
1: and not giving what you should be to your audience because yeah. you just don't have the time to. And you
2: know? people get scared of those price increments, they get scared to mm. put their prices up. They always have that fear, what if no one buys from me? But actually. Everything that you do beforehand sells you. So, if we're having a conversation, I'm trying to sell something to you. That moment that we're talking, that is like the last ten percent of the sales process for me. Yes. It's everything that comes before you is yes. the thing that's going to sell you. So how are you positioning yourself in a market? How are you creating that authority around yourself? How are you creating hype around yourself? How are you getting people to say your name? How do you become, you know, the the word, the whisper in people's ears? That's what I teach people to do. How do you become that name that people say, oh, you need deep for this? well you need Jojo for this you need Rosie for this can I just I I, I just want to go back a little bit because you said something
0: but you said it quite quickly and for those Uh, that know no but for those that don't need to know right and that that key thing and that value that you just said was entry point yeah now I think a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs think they have one product, this is a price, and that either hits a ceiling or it hits a certain price, and mm. that is it. Something that I've, <clears throat> excuse me, something that I really work with on the business development side with people is <clears throat> having different levels. So,
2: Definitely, yeah, entry point.
0: To high end,
2: you've got yeah. to. Yeah, three different product three different levels of offers within your business at a bare minimum. Now, you yes. may have different ones in those levels. Doesn't mean you just have to have one at each level, but you should have a low ticket, a mid ticket, and a high ticket. And then your you're kind of superstar offer. You're accessible, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, you've got to be because remember, you're taking people on a journey. And if you want repeat business, then if you're savvy, you're going to have a route that you can take people on so that when they complete one section, they can then move on to the next bit and the next bit and the next bit. And that way you're serving the person that you are helping for longer in a better way, but you're also ensuring that you have income coming in and you're on that path with them, that you don't lose them. You've got places for them to go. And I do believe in being inclusive. I think it's really important to be able to, Have things that everyone can access that is affordable. Yeah, because otherwise, how do they get to that point? How will they ever? It's nurturing that sequence, isn't it?
0: And like you say, that journey. And I don't. I think, especially when you step out into business, you think, "Oh, I'm going to go and do that," and it's only that one thing. So that's where it's really important to investigate and look at how you can have those different levels, Mm. but also as well have that free option of people can still access you, as in. A Facebook group, as in a podcast, as in, you know, just another way that people can. So that, and I think, like you said, that comes down to the longevity of the relationship. But that comes down to, and I know this bit is going to get you all fired up and get excited. (laughs) That
2: comes down to the connection, doesn't it, Dave? Massively. Massively. You have to connect with your people before they connect with you. In this day and age, it does not work to be a faceless business, number one. It's one of the first things I do is I go and I have a look on a potential client's website. I have a look on their Instagram, everywhere. I'm like, I can't see you. And I don't want to buy from someone I cannot see. Not in this day and age. Even the the big brands will have a face, people mm. that you can connect with. They show you behind yeah. the scenes. They show you everything, and that is how people are consuming these days. They're not simply going and buying. Yes, some things will sell. Products in particular will sell in that way a lot easier. But if you're selling a service, you need to connect with your people now. I've obviously got two businesses. I've got the wedding planning business and I've got the coaching business. The thing that propelled me with the wedding planning business was that I, at a time where people were not showing their face, so I looked at all of my competitors, about four or five other wedding planners who were working in the space that I wanted to dominate. I thought, what are you guys not doing? I'm like, I can't see you. I cannot see you. So at that point, stories on Instagram had just started. And so I just flipped the camera around on myself and started talking to whoever was listening, and it would be really small in the beginning because I was nervous. If I look back now in the archives, I'm like, oh, my God, you were scared. And now I'll get up and I'll talk all day long. But I was frightened in the beginning because you don't know how people are going to react to so simple things like, oh, I'm on my way into a meeting. I'm going to the Dorchester today. I'm going to be doing this. I'll show you guys around. And that would be it. And then I do an end. And that just progressed. But what that did is it let people who are looking at my stuff get <clears throat> to know me. See they got to Know me. They got to see me. They got to see what I looked like, what I sounded like, what my thoughts were, what my feelings were, and that—that that is what helped propel me. Because people wouldn't even say my company name. They almost still don't say Opulence Events, but they will say, "Oh, you need deep," yeah. or "Deep is the one," or "You can't do this without deep," or "Deep's the best planner." That's what they say. Yeah. That's because of the way that I built my profile up, and that sells better, much better. Like,
1: when it's when it's high end, and particularly something like a wedding planning service, like that's a huge amount of trust yeah. and money that people are that are people are putting in your hands, biggest and, day of their
2: lives, most amount 100%. of money they'll ever spend, really. 100%. And we're working yeah. with people who are spending half a million pounds, a million pound plus on these weddings. They are big scale events, and so they want to like the person they're working with and they want to trust them. Mm. And it's such a close relationship that they're not going to be able to understand who I am until they can actually access me. But that goes for everything. And I know that I said services in particular, but even products, if you look now on, let's take Instagram, you go and you try, I was looking for hair oil. Now the person I ended up buying the hair oil from is someone who personally is showing up every single day. And I just, fell in love with her personality. And I can buy hair oil from anyone, but I liked her. So I'm going to buy from her. Yeah. And that's what we all need to be doing. It's that compounding consistency that shows
0: and enables people to trust you. Because when you are showing up like that, and like consistency is a huge, huge part of our message as well. When you are showing up like that, you, you can only show up as you, you're only going to, if you're putting on a fake act, it's only going to last so long as it, it? Last, Yeah. So. So, yeah. So if you are showing up consistently, then people are going to like, well, actually, that's who they are. And obviously we spoke about wonky crowns earlier before we came on the show. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> but one thing that I always say is vulnerability builds connection. So even if you're showing your wonky side, your wonky crown side, mm. then that will build connection and it will be relatable to people. So don't Definitely. be afraid of that. When you just said as well, and I've got to go back to a story that I love of Rosie, right? And one of my favourite sayings Uh-oh. that she says <laughs> that she always gets nervous. Done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rosie, hold yourself accountable. No, what um when you said you were really nervous at the beginning. Mm. And you flip the camera and you went out your concern, you did it. One of my favourite sayings from Rosie going way back to the beginning when we started Rebob and Custard was, it's your face. You go outside with your face every day. <laughs> How many people do you see every day that your face sees? I love that. <laughs> if you think about that, that is all that it is. So it's oh, yeah. a small little mountain if you think about it think well I went outside today I went to Asda today I went to the petrol station I answered the door to the postman it's exactly the same it's it can be a little bit scary I I kind of said and hung my hat on the fact that I think it's more about sometimes what you're going to say because you're like well that's going to be there for a long time when I've said it to somebody just in passing it's kind of forgotten but when it's there online it's there to revert back
2: to. That's why stories are so good to start with because you're talking 24 hours and all you need to have in your head is what you're going to do as an intro and an outro. So really, if you're kind of going and you know you need to say something, you just need to think about your beginning, middle and your end. That's it. Hello, it's Deep here from Opulence Events. I'm going to be doing this today. Um, I'm going to show you guys around what I'm doing. I'll see you guys later. Take care. That's it. That's all you kind of have to do, the beginning, the middle, the end. And as long as you know that, and if you can riff in between, great. If you can't, you still showed up. And that's all you need to do. I love the fact that you just said if you can riff in between. That's
0: so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Such a cool way of putting it. Um, So the other thing I want to head to is, uh, so working in business development, I was always a rep out on the road. And the one thing that made me different. No, that's
2: what I used to do. But wow, this- I was a rep. I was a rep in pharmaceutical. So I was on the road. I know that life. That is one hard life. It is. a It is a hard life.
0: But I have to say, I did love it. And I always say that I wasn't your average rep. I was the girl that walked in with the toilet roll stuck to a shoe, but would style <laughs> it out. Do you know what I mean? And would have that conversation with the receptionist, yeah. i.e. the gatekeeper. Yeah. And, you know, it. but for me, it was always, always 10% yeah 10% of the call was the work part that's and it. the rest of it was
2: how are you how's your family and it was genuine that's the mm. one yeah you have to genuinely like people you've got yeah. to genuinely be curious about it. some of the best sales people I know are just curious they just want to know more they're genuinely interested in you and your life and what's going on and even if you are talking about work at that point they just want to understand it and you can go into a conversation not knowing how you're going to end it, how you're going to close it, but knowing in your head that what you're going to do is be understanding of what their situation is. When you go in with that mentality, like, I'm just curious, I want to know what you're doing, how you're doing it, how I can help you, then you will be able to sell to them without selling because you're just having that conversation. At the end of it, really all you need to do if you've had good conversation is say, right, let's just get this going then. You don't even have to ask. It's the problem
1: solving, isn't it? Yeah, it's listening, and then it's the problem solving. Problem solving, because that's not that's that's fulfilling a need. That's not that's not selling in the way that people feel like it is. Yeah, it's literally just fulfilling a need, isn't it? Selling
2: without selling. If you just concentrate on wanting to know more and genuinely wanting to help, Mm. you will be able to sell without ever having to say, "Would you like to buy my thing?" I don't think I've ever said, "Would you like to buy my thing?" Never. So. Before this business,
1: I came from a network marketing background um and we sold we sold makeup products and I remember the the biggest takeaway i think from that was really about selling um like selling the hole rather than the drill if that makes sense so like people don't want to pay people aren't looking for foundation that's thirty pounds because they want to pay thirty pounds for it they're looking for clearer skin or they're looking mm-hmm. to to hide dark circles so it's it's really focusing on how can I improve somebody's life how can I fix a problem for somebody That's it. and angle it that way and what's the transformation that I can provide rather than the physical thing that you're selling that doesn't yeah. the the it's thing secondary. doesn't really
2: matter yeah, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. secondary to what the Definitely. conversation is that you're having Definitely. really we look at when we've been sold to and the best experiences that we've had they've just concentrated on you They've concentrated on you on what you need, what's going on with you, how this thing could help with that without actually saying this is what you need Go and buy this. That yeah. It has to be much more than that. We have to care about the connection. We have to care about the people that we're selling to. If you do not care about the people that you are selling to, you may make some sales in the beginning, but that will dry up quite quickly because okay. it does not last. You cannot continue in that way, not in this day and age. You have to connect to the people. Now I'm not saying that you need to connect individually to every single person. Some of us are selling mass things and it would be insane to think I've got to connect with a thousand people, 2000 people individually. But what you need to be able to do is to create that moment, which connects with them. So when we're talking, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast, if they are connecting with what we're saying and how we feel about things, that's you creating a connection, but it's creating that opportunity to do it and getting it out there into to them yeah i think that i just love this deep
0: i'm sitting here and i'm like oh, i just love this because it is the connection of sales yeah. massively where it comes from firstly rosie i do need some foundation because i heard the dark circles i need you to kill <laughs> that for me if you're still in that scene, that just goes to show that i heard that part of it in the sense yeah. of yeah i've got dark circles i need to sort that out yeah. um but it is so important and deep you have a saying that I really love and I think if people were to you know I love a reframe so <laughs> if people were to reframe selling then you say selling is serving yes oh, I think that's poetry
2: <laughs> <laughs> you like that so I do believe that selling is serving selling is giving and the thing that can catch people out is the fact that they feel bad when they're selling they feel bad they feel sleazy asking someone to buy something from them. But if you, like you said, reframe that and put it as, well, no, selling is serving. I am giving value. And for that value, I take money. And I deserve to take the money for that value because of what I am doing for someone and what I am giving to them. So if you can just change that in your head to know I'm helping, I am serving, I am giving value here. And I deserve to have the money for that value. There's nothing wrong with taking money for what you everyone needs it. it makes the world go around we must make money and actually I like nice things I like a nice life I wanted a nice house nice cars I want to go on holiday and you know it's not even the superficial stuff it's real life stuff that I want I want to put my kids in the best schools I want to pay for their private education I want to have great experiences I want to feel secure I never want to worry that I'm going to end up in a bad situation because I've been there in my life when I was younger and even the first few years of getting married we had to dig ourselves out of holes and I never want to go back so for me it is about making sure I'm giving as much as I can but I'm going to charge for that Mm. I am going to make money for that because I have a life that I want to live and if I'm helping other people live their lives and do things in the right way then I must be compensated correctly for that and so we do have to flip the switch in our heads on what we think selling is
0: Okay, there's 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 a lot to cover there, because even though when you say (laughs) there's a lot. So I want to break that down for our listeners in the sense of, first of all, Deep, Rosie and your fairy godmother all just gave you permission to charge your worth. There's permission for you first off. It's okay. It's the done thing. It's allowed. It's okay. So permission. The second one is value. Value yourself, value your service and value your client and that then comes down to which I think is a big base layer is your confidence Mm -hmm. and your courage to go out there and know your worth I am going to hold my hands up high 20 years business development selling for everybody else I've got to be honest it didn't always fit well it didn't fit 100% because I wasn't selling for me or something that I absolutely loved or truly believed in I wouldn't have sold it if I didn't believe in them but there was still that not quite right didn't fit kind of thing when I came into my own business I started it so that the service level um would be how I wanted to treat people treat people as I would like to be treated that's why I started this business to begin with so I was okay with kind of charging it but I still didn't 100% know my worth so I think it's really important for all of the listeners to know that that is normal That is how you feel, and this is a process that you go through in your own head to know that what you are doing is helping and that you are valid and you are valuable. So a lot of people sometimes, especially on the online space, I think it could be the perception because it is online and you're not in person, and if it is um, a service rather than a product, I think some people devalue that yourself in that own right, because you're like, well, it's quite quick. I haven't had to go anywhere. Well, I say it's quick. It might be an hour or whatever. How I got my head around that was I was being paid for my knowledge and experience past.
2: Exactly. It's not just what you're delivering. It's what you have done to get to that point, but also what the value is of what you're giving. What are they going to be able to do with what you have sold them? Whether that be like we said, services or goods, is it going to help them? Is it going to improve their life? Is it going to make them happy? What is the value attached to the thing that you're selling? That's coupled in with what it took you to get to this point to be able to do this. And also knowing your self-worth too, knowing what the market is like, where you can position yourself and I always hear loads of people saying, yeah, loads of people are doing that. And they're only charging like, so in the, let's talk about power hours, right? Really common for people to charge 99 pounds for a power hour. Drives me insane. Drives me absolutely. Why? Why? Just because everyone else is doing 99 pounds. Why are you doing 99 pounds? Well, because I don't think I can get anyone to pay me any more than that, because they could easily go to someone else. That's where we need to stop immediately. You are the only version of you. Yes. You are the only person who knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are the only person who knows what you know in the way you know it and can teach people or give it to people in the way you're going to give it. That is totally unique. And there is no monetary value set to that other than the one you give it. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what other people are charging for something. If you've done the things that I said earlier, which are authority building, building your position out, having brand awareness over who you are, you can charge what you want you can charge what you want because the value is attached to you and what you're giving so when it comes to wedding planning I was probably the most expensive wedding planner out of all of my competitors I was getting booked I was getting booked now a lot of us do the same thing but actually you're coming to me for me now if you want me I'm going to be your best friend throughout this entire process I'm going to have your back I'm going to do things that likely other planners are not going to do for you. I've done mediation between families before, like two warring families, sat in the middle of them, got them to hash it out and got them to get to a conclusion. I've got a psychology background, so I felt quite qualified to do that for them. I have helped couples get back together because they've broken up during the wedding planning process. That's got to be a good one. you can't split up. It's not happening. Like we are doing this wedding. I'm getting you back together. And I've been on the phone to him and on the phone to her. Then you left it a bit of time. I've done things you would not believe as a wedding planner. You just think, surely that's not your job. It's not my job, but I love the people. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do for them. Yeah, I'm going to charge correctly for all of that (laughs) So
0: when I speak with um, clients regarding business development, and this is a common, common, like first kind of problem-ish where we set the growth and the scale. And (laughs) I'm going to hold my hands up because I'm a very honest person. So where it starts is the confidence, okay? And to go from what they are charging or I can't do that, they could go to somebody else, why would they work with me? So we do some work on that. But what I do find is we kind of have to move them a little bit incrementally, like to begin with, because that step is huge for them to begin with.
2: It does build up the confidence if you do it a bit and then you get the booking or you get the client and then you're like, okay, they paid. That works yeah just then and do it again <laughs> and then you leap in thousands because you're like oh this is great yeah. well, <laughs> this is
0: exactly it and what I was going to say is I do when you said 99 pounds I was like oh she's going to tell me off I'm getting I'm going in the naughty corner and that is because only because though but what I do is I set them a little dare and I go okay let's try something let's do a 99 pound power hour because people psychologically it's under 100 pounds so even though it's a big leap yeah. they're like it's under 100 pound I think I can do that and I'm like but you're only allowed one. Or if they're really nervous, I'm like, you're only allowed three of those. That is your beta price to moving out and stepping out of your comfort zone. And we do that. And then it's the next step to that yeah. one because it just builds some confidence. Because yeah. also, one of the things I was going to say is about upping your prices reviews, reviews, reviews. Mm. When it, They're not just for your clients in that first instance. When you get a review for yourself, that is a huge confidence boost. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you was,
2: yes, you believe in yourself and you then you have proof that actually I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. And you do need whenever, that. Yeah, you do need that. I think we have to talk about the doubt as well that we have as entrepreneurs. We have so much doubt in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And every time we try and do a leap. And I was talking to one of my best friends last night because I've been having like, Just not a crisis, but fear. Loads of fears like crept in in the last few weeks. Into And it happens now and again to everyone. And so I don't try and hide it. Everyone. Everyone gets scared. Like you do, you shit your load a few times (laughs) when you're an entrepreneur. It's hard not to, right? Very hard not to. And so what I was saying is there's probably 10 leaps in my life that I need to make to be able to get to the stage that I want. And how I'm going to... I've probably... In, in my mind, only done like four leaps from what I want. I've leaped, I bought the house of my dreams, managed to do that, got the cars that we wanted, the kids are in private schools, we're secure, I've done that. So though it's like four leaps out of the 10 that I want, but I have been petrified every single time. Mm-hmm. Every single leap I have wanted to hide, I have wanted to run away, I have felt a little bit sick inside, that I have to do this, but you have to keep pushing through the fear and that's the thing that I have to remind myself constantly you're going to live with this fear forever the fear is not going to go it doesn't, go, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. go so you either let this fear get you or you learn to live alongside the fear which is the whole thing of you know that book feel the fear and do it anyway Love you've got to gotta be with it you've got to yeah. be with it and I was talking to another wonderful lady yesterday in the morning and I was having you know like a human design session yeah. I'm so curious about all of that, and I'm a reflector, um, which apparently is really rare, but yeah, you, you are like very, very rare. Mine. Yeah, you're like the canary in the mine, you know what's going on before anyone else is. I'm like, yeah, I get I'm like, why aren't you people seeing what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep, tweet, tweet, like <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Can't you see? Like, it's so obvious, yeah, to me. and so I feel other people's fears and worries and where it's going to be and I can use that really well within a client session to help them get the where they need to be but everyone feels fear that's the one thing I can say I've seen it with all the people that I've ever worked with I've seen it with my own my own kind of circles of entrepreneur friends as well you've got to be able to bring it into the light, is what she had said to me. If you try and push this fear down, it is going to exhaust you. And that's what I've been feeling in the last week, just really tired. She's like, it's the effort of you trying to push this fear down. You're trying to not have it. You've got to learn to live with it yeah. and bring it into the light. Then it and won't scare you as much. This yeah. is where SAS self-awareness strategy, I'd, because when I, as
0: soon as I realised that and accepted it yeah. and started to act on it, and had a strategy for it that's when everything started to change for me and Imagine, that was yes. one of my biggest yeah. leaps and it is a continuous leap when you say that there are and when you just said there's like 10 leaps to where I want to get to I'm looking at sort of a drawing and a map my sasnav nav and there's probably 10
1: leaps yeah
2: i don't know there. i just it's come to me that i just think there are 10 in life if you yeah. want to get to so if your goal now my goal is generational wealth so that's what i want to get to i want to create wealth yeah. not just for myself but yeah. for my kids and my kids kids so that, that we have trusts for education moving forward for the generations afterwards so that's always taken care of no one has to worry about those sorts of things there's certain things i want to get in place I want to be secure. I want the children to be secure. I have, I want a good stock portfolio and all of it, you know, like the dream of wealth. So that's that's my 10. Now I'm probably on four. Now my four might be someone else's 10. Yes. So it's individual to you and your own leaps don't have to be the same as someone else's, your leap may just be, I want to be able to pay my mortgage or my rent every month without ever thinking about it. I want to know that that's coming in and that's enough for me. I want to be able to maybe go on one good holiday a year. Your leaps are yours. And they're defined by you. So you also can't get caught up in what everyone else is doing. that's Another thing that happens to us in the online space, Mm -hmm. we see such big success and it can bug with your head so much. Yeah. and You see that and you think, oh, but they're doing that. Why aren't I doing that yet? And we can really beat ourselves up over that.
0: Success is different for everybody. Rich doesn't always mean financial. And you really do have to look at that. And that's one of the first areas to look at deep I could talk to you all day and I'm sure Rosie could as well if um you were giving three top tips for connective sales I'm putting you on the I'm putting you on the line here and then we're going to (laughs) go into the takeaway which is our dessert yeah um what would your three top tips be
2: the first one for connect Sales is to make sure that you're putting yourself out there. Make sure people can access you in this day and age. Like I said before, people can access a lot of cross-platform content very, very quickly. So you need to look at that really objectively and think, if someone comes onto my personal Facebook profile, are they going to be able to see what I'm about? If they go into my group, if they go onto my Insta, my LinkedIn, whatever it is, will they be able to get the measure of me? Make sure that you're putting yourself out there in the right way so that people can understand you and want to come to you so you're attracting the right people that's number 1 number 2 be curious just be curious and that is a great way to be just for life generally be interested in people be interested in their situation in their lives what it is they're looking for and really really care about that you have to care about that it's it, it's it, it doesn't work unless you do and number 3 Believe in yourself. Don't doubt yourself. You are always going to be scared whenever you've put your prices up or whenever you're trying to sell something high ticket. You've got to know that you are the only version of you, the only person that can do this in the way that you do it. So it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. Concentrate on your stuff. Focus on you. Put your blinkers on and just look at what you need to get done. Don't doubt yourself. Even though it's easy to say, I know it's harder to do, but you have to work on that. You really do.
1: I literally needed a little round of applause at the end. I know, I know, we like
0: that. You did put
1: me on the spot with that one. That was off the cuff entirely. (laughs) It's all right,
0: Deep. You know what you're talking about. It's fine. I know. I know. I keep telling myself. Um, So our takeaway for—I mean, we always go round the table and we go, "Okay, what is your takeaway?" So. And then we're going to go on to our little sassy question that we ask all our guests. But for me, the takeaway was selling is serving. Mm. And if you can think that, then actually you can
1: reframe quite a lot. Rosie, what's yours? I think for me, well, that, but you know, when you go around a circle and somebody says your idea, and then you have to quickly think of the next one. Oh, time. sorry.
2: no <laughs> idea, Jojo. So that,
1: but I also think uh, what we said about fear and that everybody has it, it's just learning to live alongside it. and I think. Uh, there's so much, um, like you said, like we can see so much, there's so much success in our circles, in our sort of field of visibility online. Um, it's very easy to sit and compare and it's very easy to look Mm. at those people having that success and thinking like, I can't do that. I, you know, I can't, I'm not brave enough to make those jumps. I'm not confident, but realizing that just because they've done it, they didn't do it without that fear sat on their shoulder and it's always going to be with you. So it's it's learning to live with it and learning to sort of brush it away and just quieten it and shoo it away. At those moments, knowing that you have to do that thing, and and it it's bigger than the fear is acceptance. Yeah, yeah. there's a phrase, isn't there? Like your biggest success is on the other side of your greatest fear, or some, something. It will not yeah. matter, but
2: there is a, always that like hump, isn't there? <laughs> You've got to get over the hump to get to where you want to be and the hump will show itself to you in lots of different ways whether it be fear it be self-doubt it be people in your way or your mind not doing what you want it to do because sometimes we've got the desire and we really want to do everything but actually your mind is bugging too much and you can't do it Mm. and I think mindset is hugely underrated and it's getting better now. It is definitely getting better now. We see much more mindset coaches and people giving it space. But if your head is not in the right place, you mm. can't do anything. So you've got to concentrate on yourself first to be able to help other people.
1: Yeah. It's that realization that there's those people that you're watching have success. There's nothing overly special about them. They're not better yes. than they than just you chose are. it. They yeah. chose to get up and do and it. They choose
0: it. I yeah. love that that oh we've just got a new a new takeaway <laughs> in the house there's extra portions there that was definitely it's the choice isn't it it yeah. really is the choice deep if people want to hang out with you yeah. oh hold on I nearly forgot the question yeah, what are you doing? I nearly <laughs> forgot the question we always ask our guests we always ask our guests if you're a dessert what dessert would you be
2: Oh, I find this so hard because I love so many desserts It was really hard You gave us two
0: So firstly, I'm in love with you because you gave us two So I'm like, there's two desserts on the table Loving it (laughs) So we've got panna cotta and melt-in-the-middle pudding
2: To explain this for us So, the panna cotta bit is because It looks beautifully elegant on the outside And everything looks really lovely You start getting into it, it's all wibbly-wobbly And I feel like that is me sometimes (laughs) So everyone thinks, because I'm a I'm a wedding planner and I've got, they run my businesses and everything looks really organized, they think I'm super organized and everything just flows and really, it's a, it can be a bit of a mess on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like the panacotomy is, but I'm, I'm used to projecting a really great outside because I was a wedding planner. So yeah. you are just calm on the outside. My face never drops. Swan that, effect. Yeah, the swan effect. Exactly that. It doesn't matter what's happened, like whatever the band have decided not to play the guys are kicking off because they didn't get enough chicken curry to eat for their break whatever it might be I cannot let that drop and I think that that continues but I I really want people to know that it can be a bit of a mess <laughs> on the inside so that's the wibbly wobbly part so it may may all look good but it it is wibbly wobbly on in the inside as well <laughs> I I had a different definition to that.
0: Oh, go I, on! I'd love to hear so it. So <laughs> obviously coming from a pastry chef background, panna cotta, I was like, I wonder why she t- chose panna cotta. and I didn't think this would be why you chose it. But um, so I love what you've just said. But panna cotta means cooked cream. Yeah. Right yeah. now, to me, you are the cream of the crop.
2: Oh. You look at the end,
0: and you have done your cooking. You've done your time. You know your. I'm going to say shit You know your shit And you are cooked cream So for me Panna cotta All the way But um, the melt in the middle pudding
2: You've just got to give us a quick one On that Why was that a potential I think it's probably similar It looks like one thing on the outside And you open it And you get a surprise on the inside And the more I talk to more people Like I didn't realise that you were like this Like I don't know what you're looking at And what you think I am on the outside (laughs) But yeah I'm I'm, like oozy chocolate on the inside (laughs)
0: Where can people come and hang out with you? Are are there any resources, free resources, anything like that? Tell us about that.
2: So I'm a person that loves to talk and I just like to go live and have a chat with everyone all the time. So there's a few places you can come and just hang out with me. One is my free group, which is the I forgot my words then, didn't I? <laughs> which is the luxury business lounge on Facebook. And that in that we concentrate on scaling is the luxury end of the market. And my membership is actually open at the moment as well. So that's the Elevate Membership. That's where I get real kind of in with all of my people and help you get your business to where you want it to be. There's a lot of time that I spend. I'm actually heading on to a live after this, into there to tell them about my week. And we do lots of drop in sales clinics. So I love that place a lot. It's a great community. And then Instagram. I love Instagram. It's how I built my first business is all on Instagram. And if you're nosy, you can have a look at the wedding business as well. So if you just look at the well-heeled coat, and that's healed as in the shoes, you'll be able to find me, give me a follow, send me a message as well. I'd love to chat with you. I'm very, very open. So if you want to just talk to me about anything that you've heard on today, just send me a message. It will be me that responds.
0: I love that. And honestly, Deep, I, I feel like we could have a series, like not oh, just yeah. one episode no of that. <laughs> with this, right? <laughs> so there may well be an invitation to come back. We'll be yes, like, I come made back it back for twice. I cannot wait. That's so <laughs> exciting. Come back as, well, this was your first podcast. We're very yeah. honoured to have hosted yeah. you. Deep, thank you. Yeah, thank
2: you, ladies. It, so it much. Absolute. It's been an absolute treasure to have you on. It really has. I really have. I have really enjoyed it. You two are absolutely fabulous. It's been so much fun. That's the biggest thing. It's been so much fun just talking to you. And I know that it, you know everyone else is listening, but I can see your lovely faces, and it's just been so nice <laughs> this last hour to spend time with you. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Oh, Dick, you're so welcome. Um, Rhubarb and Custarders, we have got an extra treat for you coming up to Christmas. We're not going to let you into that secret just yet, but let's just say Christmas Eve is going to be an episode that you are not going to want to miss. <laughs> there are going to be extra special guests that are very special to me and Rosie, and um, we don't know how it's going to go. It could be very much a wonky crown kind of show, but we look forward to and. Um, As you're listening to this, I think the next one will actually be Christmas Eve and it will be that special edition. So for this week, it's goodbye from me, Rhubarb.
1: It's goodbye from me, Custard. And it's goodbye from me, Deep. (laughs) (laughs) Have
0: a lovely Christmas. Deep and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.